Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. First, we need to pray. Plead with the Father is the idea. Beg the Father to thrust forth more people, more laborers into his harvest, which is so abundant, so ripe. Prayer is always the backbone of Christian ministry because only the Holy Spirit, only God can actually work in someone's life, right? In the message today, Pastor Robert will speak about the compassion of Jesus. When he saw the multitude of people, he saw their brokenness and their need for a savior. He sees your brokenness too. Will you reach out to the Lord through prayer and receive him into your life? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. It's a significant passage because in this passage of Scripture, you can see, you can see both the heart of God the Son and the limitations of the Son of Man. Remember, Jesus is fully God and he is fully human. And we get a glimpse of that fact as as in this portion of Scripture in, in Matthew's account, Jesus faces just the vastness of human suffering, human need. And I think, you know, also we, we see in it a clear model for responding to the vastness of human need in our own community in our time here. So Matthew 9.35 tells us, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But, that's a significant word, right? But, when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now, see, that implies two things. The harvest truly is plentiful. That implies that it's ready to be harvested, right? I mean, it's not just a crop, it's a harvest, Right? Second thing it implies, doesn't it? States it point blank, black and white. There's a lot of it to be dealt with. The harvest is abundant, it's plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into 
his harvest. Note that it's his harvest, not ours, it's his. When he'd called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease. And then he goes on to name it. Now, we've read that two or three times, so I'm not going to go through them again. But I do want you to note in verse 4, as he finishes naming the 12, he tells us Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Now, we talked about that last week, but we're going to come back to it this week as well. Verse 5 says, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey. Don't take a suitcase and, and don't take any cash. That's basically what he's telling them right there. He says, you don't need extra clothes, you're not going to need extra shoes, don't take a, a walking stick, don't take anything with you, for a worker is worthy of his food. Verse 11, now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, Shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it'll be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And the implication, it also applies if it's only a household, right? Like, notice that he, you know, he, he kind of stated both. Maybe you go into a city and overall the city's receptive, but that one family, man, they just, they're ugly about it. He said, well, shake the dust off your feet. It'll be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than it will for them. Now, I'm going to point out five things that I want you to make note of today regarding the needs that we face and God's response to those needs in our world. Number one, notice that it says Jesus was moved with compassion. Now, the wording, and you'll hear people talk about this. I heard a guy say it recently. It, the implication, the way he worded it, Jesus was gutted when he saw this. It, it was like he was, gave him a bellyache. He was just, literally what the, the wording is, is just, you know, his innermost being, his bowels, his, his innermost being was in turmoil. His, the way we would say it was it just broke his heart when he saw this, because the people were, were weary and scattered. And, and the idea, again, the, the, the heart of what's communicated in that you know, original language, this was all written down, this part of you know, the New Testament, mostly written down in, in the, the Greek that was the common language of their time. And it just says they were, the people were worn out and disorganized. It was just a mess like a bunch of sheep that didn't have a shepherd. There were needs everywhere. He saw a vast multitude of people who needed somebody to step in and take care of them because they were leading disorderly lives. They didn't have a clear understanding of their purpose. They needed guidance. They needed instruction. And they needed spiritual nourishment. And there was only one of him. 
God the Son had limited himself to human form. So he couldn't touch every single person. I could say a lot more about that, but I won't. Number two, Jesus responded to that by instructing his disciples to do what? To pray. That's so, it's so important that we recognize this. Because our, our human tendency with this, you know, I mean, I, if I had been Jesus, it would have gone like this. Guys, look around. We got to do something. Right? We got to do something. I hear it from you guys all the time. You got to do something. Yeah, we need to pray. First, first we need to pray. Plead with the Father is the idea. Beg the Father to thrust forth more people, more laborers into his harvest, which is so abundant, so ripe. Prayer is always the backbone of Christian ministry because only the Holy Spirit, only God can actually work in someone's life, right? And a lot of times, I, what I see is that a lot of times Christians are misunderstood when we start talking about the importance of the gospel, the importance of, of staying focused, you know, like I, I made a decision a few years ago, I just leave politics alone. Because what I figured out is at least half of you are going to get mad at me. You're going to disagree with me and you're going to get upset. And that's not what I'm supposed to be here to do. Because here's the thing, stay with me. What I've learned is that when the Holy Spirit of the living God really gets somebody's heart, when he really gives life to an individual, he will work in that individual from the inside out. What we tend to do is focus on the outside. We, we, want, we want to focus on converting people's behavior. We want everybody to think like we do. We want them to do what we want them to do. And that's not biblical. Jesus said... He will work inside somebody. And our job is to pray and preach. And then leave the rest of it up to Him. He will work. He will work. This first book of the New Testament informs you well about the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It details his birth and life, his ministry and then his death. But it also tells you that he rose again. Jesus is victorious over death. And even more, he's alive today. Your Savior lives and you can rejoice in that. As you listen to Pastor Robert's message today on Main Thing Radio, you may have realized that you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've been a believer for a while, but you haven't taken steps to actively live for Christ in your daily life. Today's the day to change that. You can start right now. We'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. That's 305-531-2730. 
We're so glad you joined us today. You can hear more teachings from this series in Matthew right now by visiting MainThingRadio.com or just download our mobile app. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook and Twitter too. There you'll be able to get the latest information on Main Thing Radio and Calvary Miami Beach. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find links at MainThingRadio.com. We'd like to meet you too. You're invited to be part of our worship time at Calvary Miami Beach. Just visit the church page under About at MainThingRadio.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Main Thing Radio. Radio.